You are listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you are interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at 2 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of Us needs and appreciates all your support. Ah, winter cold. Not mild. Oh, it's chilly. I need to put on a sweater. Brr, winter, I'm talking. Cut you to the bone. Never be warm again. Cold. I know it well. From my lifetime growing up in Wisconsin, I remember a winter so cold once I cursed the heavens and declared the absence of a just God. And sometimes in our world, when things are at their worst, it's easy to slip into that mentality. Humans have done some pretty awful things that could leave anyone wondering if there's a higher power. War, pandemics, the Kardashians. (laughs) It's a wonder we're all still breathing for now. And maybe the future ahead is bright, or maybe it's a bit more like Black Crab here. Set in a post-apocalyptic world, six soldiers are sent on a covert mission to transport a mysterious package across a frozen archipelago without knowing the dangers ahead or who, if anyone, they can trust. The title Black Crab refers to the name of the team recruited for this potentially war-ending suicide mission, a war that isn't ever exactly explained. We can gather that it's some sort of World War III and humanity is on the cusp of a true post-apocalyptic world. You know, the very thing we all want to think about right now as a certain Russian idiot tries to reignite the Cold War. Yay! Yeah. This movie is a feature debut of Adam Berg, adapted from a popular sci-fi novel by Jarek Verborg, starring the original Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, Numi Rapace, as Carolyn Eid a soldier who agrees to the mission in order to be reunited with her daughter. I am T.C. DeWitt of the Screener Squad, and I am joined to cross this icy body of water by Ray. Hello. Tessa. I forgot my mittens. <laughs> oh, no. Your fingers are going to fall off. And Jordan. Hey, yo. Squad, what did we all think about Black Crab? Or Too Soon, the movie. <laughs> Too Soon, the movie. <laughs> I'm sure when they pitched it and were filming it, Maybe all this wasn't going down already, but boy, howdy, I had to really look for this on Netflix the day it dropped. It was not on the landing page being advertised. I had to search the name. Did any of y'all? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Almost if they thought that maybe now wasn't a good time. (laughs) Well, the Swedish are so ahead of us in terms of furniture, meatballs, and predicting world events. Apparently. Yeah, it's interesting that this war that we never get an explanation of, what little we do get is from a radio saying that this is a civil war and both sides blame each other. It's not robots, it's not aliens, it's not even a virus. It's just a civil war that has escalated to the point of mutual destruction on both sides. Timely. Yeah, and we keep saying it's not very well defined. What are they fighting over? Which side started the war, et cetera, et cetera. I don't think it matters. I don't think that that's what the piece makes it more realistic is about. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, certainly. Because often with big wars such as this, it's hard to pinpoint exactly why we're fighting, especially in modern warfare. 
when you hear people bitching about the good old days or antheming of uh, make America great again, it's they're asking for a time period where they could literally point at the bad guy and say, bad guy, fight bad guy, we hero. And that sort of mentality doesn't work in a modern setting because the blurred lines between this society and this belief and all that, it just becomes that much harder to define why exactly we're fighting. Which I thought was one of the reasons that there was a big part of this movie that worked for me was because we get that and we get that unknown and we get that that's a little more the horror of this whole situation. Here they are and they're all fighting and they're all forced to fight and they're all forced to pick a side and they're not really sure why I don't think even some of them they're fighting but they picked a side because they're just trying to survive mm -hmm. and we're not able to point a finger and say you're right and you're wrong and go and that makes it right it makes it a lot more scary it does yeah the enemy is literally called the enemy they never mm -hmm. say who the enemy mm -hmm. is they just always refer to it as the enemy even if there was a main reason for a central conflict this movie was so dull i probably would have forgotten this movie only really gets exciting late into the film like once you find out what it is they are transporting and all the lovely moral quandaries that come from it numi rapace is amazing and i'm actually very impressed with some of the stunt work. This also does have one of the most recent bits of disturbing imagery I've seen in a good while mm -hmm. when they are mm -hmm. trekking across frozen waters and among it and some of them poking out of the surface is corpses of those that tried to oh, yeah. get away. Frozen into the ice, yeah. Yeah, that was very interesting and again the movie doesn't really get more interesting until you get the answers and the third act did pick things up but otherwise this was just playing out as standardly as i could think it would go like once you hear some of the motivations it's like i'm just waiting for these guys to die off slowly right the absolute second one says oh i'm just gonna get married after this like <laughs> it was nice knowing you. you never tell anybody what your future plans are mm -mm. if you're sitting in a helicopter with a bunch of soldiers going off to war and someone's like got the engagement ring as soon as i'm dead you're dead buddy sorry you, <laughs> why did you say that give that guy the ring tell me it's his ring now and he'll be more in danger than you but once you make that admission yeah I, yeah i saw gone. that a million miles away as well i was like well nice knowing you buddy there is some good other imagery in this that I'm pretty impressed by, there's a sniper shot that is, you have to look away disturbing that happens at one point in this movie. The frozen people in the ice, as you say, yes. The action in this is quick and brutal, and I appreciated that. It doesn't have long, drawn-out choreography. It's very fast and quick. While still comprehensive, you can still understand the action as it's taking place. There's no shaky cam. There's no... Stunt work, like overly choreographed stunt work. So I did appreciate that aspect of the action sequences when they do come. No, I agree. So yeah, this movie just looks good uh, overall. We get the desolate feeling. And God, I mean, I'm sitting on my couch and here I am in Austin and it's almost 80 degrees outside and I'm cold <laughs> watching this thing. We're watching this very severe landscape go by. We have uh, these great ominous sets your camps that the people are living in which are just desolate you have these huge underground structures that are again desolate but in a different way and then you have the entire desolate landscape that they're going through and so yeah this movie looks really good it's those narrative holes that aren't quite filled that stops this movie from being truly great because jordan you're right it takes a while for this to actually hook 
it took me maybe in 45 minutes or so before I truly was invested in what was going to happen and how this was going to play out. And when I thought it was going to end and it kept going, I was that much more interested. It just takes quite a while to get there. The briefing, we have just like, there's a certain portion of this film that's just like, okay, this is just all the briefing, all the briefing. <laughs> it's just like, here, this is what you're doing. Now I'm going to just depressingly drink this vodka. Yeah, I liked the music in this. It was very moody, but not too repetitive, I thought. I felt like the person who composed this maybe could do like the music to like a live action, like control the video game, the movie. Mm. Naomi or Pace could still play the lead in that too. Why not? But yeah, when I found out the plan was soldiers on ice skates, I kind of laughed, but I was also kind of like, well, that hasn't been done a lot. At least as far as I know, I don't watch a lot of war movies. Is a soldier on ice skates a, a common trope? Uh, no, no. I've never heard it before. <laughs> so yeah, it's a unique. I didn't think so. <laughs> that was totally what Hacksaw Ridge was about, right? <laughs> Okay. Well, you saw a whole different uh, version of that film than I did. <laughs> so, yeah, I thought at least it was original as far as I knew. It had a vibe of Children of Men mm. as far as it's not really post-apocalyptic. It's mid-apocalypse that it's currently happening and we're watching the world fall apart. So it did give me vibes of Children of Men. Children of Men is a very efficient movie. It doesn't waste a moment visually even in its silence occasionally this one does feel a little drawn out. It does feel a little like, okay, get on with it. Tell me a little more. Give me a little more detail. Oh, you give me a little more detail? This is very cliche, the details you're giving me. I don't know if I'm invested <laughs> right now. I thought there was a scene where they depart, and the cinematography, like the framing, everything, it looked gorgeous. You know, there's the ice. It's all, like, dark and blue, and explosions behind them, and bright, like, oranges and reds, and they're all silhouetted. And it's really cool looking. But I'm also, like... These explosions are all going off this kind of close by and the ice isn't cracking. <laughs> what? What? Okay, sure. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> well, the rest of the cast is fairly strong. There's particularly Jacob Offbro, who plays sort of the second in command. I really liked his performance. I thought he was very strong and him and Numi Rapace had some good chemistry with each other. There's a history between them that is like one passing line of dialogue that we never get any explanation on. And I want to mind it a little bit more information throughout this. But he does a very good job in this. He's very compelling to watch. He's a very strong actor, and I'd never seen him in anything before. Meanwhile, the other couple of cast members here in this very small cast, they're fine. Eh, they're fine. They, I don't remember any of their names, so that kind of tells you something. Did y'all watch it with dubs or subs? Subs. Subs. Dubs. I'm uh -oh. sorry, I'm basic. <laughs> I watched it with dubs, and I was going to watch it a second time with subs just to see what the difference was, but I just didn't have time. I feel like the dubs were pretty well done, and I'm pretty sure Naomi Rapace, she probably did... She did her own. Yes. Yeah, did yeah. her own. That's why I didn't catch it right off the bat. Mm -hmm. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> well, and, and for the Swedish films, it's probably a little easier because most Swedish yeah. people speak perfectly good English. Because in the 70s, they implemented a program in all of the schools that said, hey, from the time you enter school, we're going to teach both English and Swedish. So most of the actors now speak perfectly good English. It's interesting because you mentioned Jacob. One of the many things that he's been in, he was in Contiki which is a great film if you have not seen it. It's based on a true story. But one of the things they did for that film was they filmed all of the scenes with all the actors. They filmed all of the scenes in English. And right after they would film it in English, they filmed it in Swedish. Wow. 
So every one of those scenes is filmed twice, and it's one of the few films that I found that was ever done that way. But all the actors spoke perfectly good Swedish and English, so they just did everything twice. That is kind of fascinating. Every time I hear about Sweden or any Scandinavian country, I just think, man, they're doing everything better than us. That's not exactly hard. <laughs> then they're always at the top of the, the world happiness scale. Well, not in this. No one seems too happy in this movie. Eh? <laughs> no, not this is true. This is true. This was not the most uplifting <laughs> film. I don't know what more there is we can say about this without delving into some spoilery territory because there is an intrigue element in this of what are they carrying, what is the end game here. And so why don't we just fold this into some overall general or final thoughts. Jordan, why don't you start with for us? I thought this movie had potential, but like I said, the slow burn doesn't quite work in its advantage. If it had laid everything out on the table, I would have maybe been on board sooner but i get that they needed that mystery element it you know once it is revealed it's a big deal numi rapice is amazing she's incredible cinematography is great there is some haunting disturbing imagery as i brought up outside of straight up horror or something bernie wrightson would have drawn out of swamp thing that is etched on my mind it's like god damn it yeah, I wish I could have liked this a lot more. I'm going to give it 5 out of 10 Soldiers on Ice tickets. <laughs> Tessa? I'm pretty much feeling likewise. The pacing could have been a little better. Some of the subtext could have been a little less subtexty, and some of the things just plain laid out for us could have been more subtexty, I think. <laughs> I feel like there's some things they could have maybe flipped there a little bit. Like I said, the soundtrack, the music is good. The dub is quite good. The acting is good. The cinematography is good. Like overall, this all works pretty well. I'm just not a huge fan of war movies, so I'm not really good at like comparing this to other war movies and sort of like mid-apocalyptic war films. I, I usually lean more like hard sci-fi apocalypse films than this kind of like mid-row, if you will. I don't know. I, I still feel kind of mixed on it. I mean, after talking about it, I feel like, okay, it's maybe a little better than what I initially thought. I'm probably going to give this 7.5 out of 10. Are we the baddies? <laughs> Very good. Ray? This movie had me at the description. You're telling me you're, I'm going to get a bunch of, of, of ragtag soldiers skating. I'm like, yes, I'm in. I was surprised that this was a little bit better than I thought, but also not as good as I thought it was going to be. I'm torn like you guys are. I'm not as bothered by the film not explaining some of the things to me, but I am bothered by the pacing of the film. I think that the beginning takes uh, too long, and I think there's a good 15 minutes at least that can be cut out of this film to move it along, because I want to get to the skating across a war-torn country, you know, an archipelago, to do whatever it is they're doing. I want to get there, and then once they start skating, I want to go, 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 go. So I think that, yeah, the pacing was probably my biggest problem. The rest of it, I think, was good. Again, I like the acting. We like the soundtrack. We like the, the way it looks. We like all of these things. I think it's a solid film to sit down and watch if you, I think if you haven't seen a lot of these, you know, ragtag band of, of people get together to, to do a mission film, this may not be the best one to start with, but I do think it's solid. So at the end of the day, I am going to give this a solid seven out of 10, Vit Krabbe, which would have been way more practical than Svart Krabbe in the snow. Uh, yeah. What is that? Vit. Vit is white and Svart mm -hmm. is black. Oh. Ah. Yeah. 
wit krabben en zwart krabben. I, I knew that. I was just testing you to make sure. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Numi Rapace is such a great actress. I love seeing her when she pops up in things. She has this commitment to the roles she takes on that always leaves me impressed. She can do action, drama, even adventure films like Sherlock Holmes. As I said, I'm always pleased to see her. She's fantastic in this, even if the material feels a bit thin at times. And the rest of the small cast is good, too, but especially Jacob Offbro. This is a slow burn. As I admitted, I wasn't fully hooked at the beginning, but as the film advances set piece by set piece, which is filmed very effectively and coherently, I started getting hooked, and when I thought it was ending, it surprised me by continuing, and I was along for the ride. But this isn't incredible. It's got a few holes in the narrative that just a touch more detail would have filled in. This isn't bad, per se, just an interesting choice that might make this a bit tough to latch onto. Then again, not having a clear sense of why is pretty on the nose in our modern era of warring, even in our own country. This is going to be for a particular audience. If you like Taylor Sheridan's work in Hell or High Water or Wind River, it's in this vein. Slow but purposeful. It's a good lazy day watch. One of our colleagues here at One of Us, Adrian, would say this is a great dad movie. But seeing as we are watching Ukraine be torn apart and looking pretty much exactly like this movie, it might be a little too timely. That aside, I kind of dug it overall, and I'm going to give it... Right down the middle, a six out of ten grenades. I forgot to mention, like, this film, like, do you like long-haul ice truckers and war? Black Crab is for you! (laughs) 